0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, a bounce-back, blowout win for BYU basketball. The Cougars trump Pacific, taking a page out of the book of Eli. Could Elijah
1: Bryant be the difference between the NCAA tournament and the NIT? We'll discuss.
0: Plus, who's going to win the national championship of college football? ESPN's Trevor Maddich makes his final pick. Let's
2: go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
0: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, January 9th, BYU students back to school, Aww. and we never took a break. That's right. right. We kind of did over Christmas. Uh, Jason Shepard didn't. <laughs> right The show must go on. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the fabulous and future Megacast moderator, Jerem Jordan. Kalani
1: Sitake is going to be involved in the coach's film room tonight on the ESPN Megacast, which is going to be awesome. That's great for uh, Kalani Sitake and BYU that he's involved there. Of course, uh, you have connections. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian is the offensive coordinator tonight for Alabama. Of course, Trevor Madich is in Tampa, to cover uh, everything for ESPN Radio, we'll talk to him coming up. So plenty of BYU connections tonight.
0: Yeah, Trevor joining us from Tampa to make his final pick on who will win the national championship. What you got? I got Clemson, man. I think I, Alabama's defense is too good. I think Clemson has enough offense, and I don't think Clemson's defense gets enough credit. That's a good matchup for them because Alabama's offense has been American medi- Express mediocre. should give
1: them credit. Then it's been mediocre. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I. I think I am, too. I don't want Alabama to win, though. I think it's bad for college football. Oh, Alabama, every year. Alabama, Alabama. What is this?
0: Women's hoops with UConn? Predictable and boring, right? My brother Trevor made a great point. He's like, I I want Clemson to win, but I want Steve Sarkeesian to do well. And so I responded by saying, well, how about... You can have both. Yeah, how about Alabama's offense plays well, but they lose? (laughs) Last year, Clemson (laughs) played really well, but lost. They scored 40 points and lost. Their defense didn't play well. The Just cover the tight end, Clemson, okay? OJ Howard. Cover the tight end. Yeah. It was their undoing, an NFL tight end. undoing last year. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Funeral services for legendary BYU football coach Lavelle Edwards were held on Saturday a private service for family and friends. A public memorial took place on Friday. It was fantastic. Speakers included his sons Jim and John, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, spoke from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and former BYU quarterback Robbie Bosco. He taught,
2: he loved, he administered. That's Lavelle Edwards in a nutshell.
0: I thought Robbie Bosco did a fantastic job, having to bear the burden of speaking on behalf of all of the players.
1: There weren't that many players that played for Lavelle, right?
0: Oh yeah, Uh, and maybe over a
1: yeah, like thousands, literally.
0: It was powerful. It was uplifting. I felt inspired when I left. It was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: it it was awesome to have Elder uh, Holland there. He was a close personal friend of the Edwards. More from this coming up in about half an hour. More from our experience uh, at the memorial service as well. It was fantastic. The BYU men's basketball team beat the University of the Pacific 91-62 Saturday night, led by 17 points from Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant. T.J. Haas had 15 points, pulled down seven rebounds. Someone called that. Mm-hmm. Five Cougars scored in double figures for the first time this season. More, somebody
0: called that in a way. More, more
1: on. It's funny that we put that in the headline. Uh, <laughs> More on uh, Elijah Bryant's role with this team coming up in training.
0: Jimmer Fredette scored 32 points in the Chinese Basketball Association All-Star Game.
1: 32, really? Is BYU jersey number?
0: He also won the three-point shooting contest. Of course he did. He's What's got the competition shoes. He got a new nickname since he got to China, apparently. Yeah, his uh, wife, Whitney Fredette, sent out a tweet that said, One of my favorite things... Uh, since we moved to China for Jimmer, is that he now has the nickname "Loneliness Master"? That the Chinese loneliness fans master have given is that him. a nickname you want? <laughs> oh, you're the loneliness master. It also translates to the lonely god, but I, I kind of like loneliness master a little yeah. better.
1: Lowercase G, of
0: course. Yeah. Oh, of, of right? course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Anyway,
1: How about that, though? Yeah, Jimmer continues to fill it up in China. That's awesome. And the third-ranked men's volleyball team split a pair of road matches in Indiana over the weekend. Cougars beat sixth-ranked Lewis in three, then lost in four at 11th-ranked Loyola Chicago. Uh, both were close matches, tough matches. So an early match that I, don't, I didn't see BYU losing at Loyola, but that is a tough place to play. It is early. Uh, BYU lost that fourth set like 32-30 or something crazy. Uh, had multiple set points was down 2 nothing. almost pushed it to 5 so yeah. uh, really good long rally in fact Volleymetrics tweeted out their rally of the week came from the the BYU game so BYU in action by the way this weekend they play three home matches Thursday, Friday and Saturday McKendry, Concordia Irvine coached by former BYU head coach Sean Patchell and then McKendry again Saturday we'll have that match on TV and
0: we're back just like that with BYU men's volleyball rise and shout it's time for What's Trending you're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Book of Eli. I feel like I was trying to push it and force myself to score it. I think this game I got in the game and tried to find my teammates, and then my game came to me. Move over, Denzel. The real Eli what? has arrived on the big screen Of BYU basketball.
1: Ever say that again about Denzel Washington.
0: Elijah Bryant tied (laughs) for a BYU game high with 17 points in Saturday's blowout win over Pacific. We've heard for more than a year about what an amazing and influential player Eli Bryant has been in practice. He rushed back into the season after an unexpected surgery. Didn't go well. On his knee, that's typically a big deal. On Saturday night we saw for the first time that player the coaches have been telling us about over yeah. the past year. Yeah. So what kind of a difference can Elijah Bryant make? Better yet, let's go one step further and ask our Twitter question.
1: What does a healthy Elijah Bryant mean for BYU basketball? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Price Tyson 97530 if you want to send him a letter, I think you know his zip code. Mm. It means the BYU basketball team will win the conference championship and the national championship, in all caps. Blue Go BYU guys! Blue goggle alert. Okay, yeah, 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 that's alert. a bit much. Blue goggle alert. The, na- the national championship, BYU won't even win the league. Well, you can win the national title without winning the league. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you need that oversized blue goggles to say that BYU will win a league championship? Uh, It's okay. (laughs) It's going to be okay, everybody. What kind of a difference will Elijah Bryant make if he's healthy for BYU basketball? On Saturday night, it resulted in a 29-point win and more balanced scoring and bench production from BYU.
1: How about that? Okay, let's get dramatic for a second. I think that Elijah Bryant could be the difference between BYU going to the NCAA tournament or the NIT.
0: I don't think that's dramatic, Jerry. Here's, I think that's a
1: logical take. Here's why. If BYU can avoid a non-St. Zaga loss and at least go 1-3 versus St. Zaga, that is St. Mary's and Gonzaga, I think BYU's got a shot if they can get to uh, the Tuesday title game in Vegas. I think that Elijah Bryant provides some bench scoring. You heard it from his mouth. I said Friday that I thought Elijah Bryant took some bad shots and didn't play very good defense Thursday. Guess what? I know Pacific's a different team than St. Mary's, but that was a nice win for BYU. And Elijah Bryant off the bench was Uber efficient. Okay. Five of seven from the field, two of three from distance where he has been terrible. He started one of seventeen on the year. One of six. Yeah, one of seventeen. Shoot. He's now four for his last eight, by the way, from three. Solid. The last two games. Saw some go down against St. Mary's. He gets to the free throw line. He went five of six. On the season, he's twenty-one of twenty-four, eighty-eight percent. The dude the dude can play. We we saw against Pacific, what he can do. He didn't force it, he took good shots, came within the offense. I thought he defended well. He could be the, he could help BYU avoid some of these, maybe not all, but the Saint Zagalosses. okay? Which brings us to our stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Elijah Bryant scored 28 points the last two games since returning off the bench. This is a big deal. BYU has not had Jack squat off the bench. Yeah, in terms not of consistently for sure. In, in meaningful games. Okay, when you blow out Santa Clara, sure. Guys are going to come off the bench and score. Um, and, but Elijah Bryant, I think, he has 11 at St. Mary's. Second leading scorer, by the way. He has 17. Ties for a team high. high, This this is a guy off the bench, so I think that has meaning for this team.
0: What can Elijah Bryant do for BYU basketball? Helping the Cougars accomplish something they've never done, perhaps? Win a West Coast Conference championship, whether it be a regular season or tournament?
1: I'm not going that far. I'm just just saying to be in a position where you're in third... And you go into Vegas with some momentum and still an at-large possibility. I don't think BYU is going to show up in Lenardi's Bracketology the entire season. But they might show up on Selection Sunday. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm not going there either. Just saying that the trend for BYU with Elijah Bryant in the lineup is a good one. Okay? He, Since he we, came back,
1: the, the, first, the first five games, I, I, I didn't think healthy, he did anything crazy. Right. The, the yeah.
0: buzzword is healthy, right? Yeah. A healthy Elijah Bryant. Is that
1: out what, like 10 games?
0: Well, what do, the thing is, what do you do with Elijah Bryant now? Because BYU has now kind of gelled as his team through non-conference play. There are four games in the conference, and he's finally healthy. Yeah, I would say they're gelling. So does he come off the bench? Is he the sixth man of the year for BYU basketball? Does he get put in the starting lineup? Even Dave Rose is asking that question.
2: We still don't know exactly uh, what will be the best for him, as far as fitting with this group, but uh, uh, it'll be a priority to find. I think because I think he's going uh, to be a big piece of, uh, of the success of this group. But tonight was pretty impressive.
0: Yes, it was. Seventeen points, very efficient. And he told me after the game, Jeremy, during my interview with him, I took smarter shots. I let the game come to me. He was really pressing, really forcing things when he got on the floor early in the season. I think Elijah and it, and Bryant, against
1: St. Mary's too.
0: Will do some good things for BYU basketball. In fact, if he stays healthy, if he can stay healthy and be a contributor like he was against Pacific, and I'm not talking about just you know scoring points, but just be an influential player on the floor for BYU. I think the Cougars are going to go 14 and four in conference. They'll win 23 games going into the tournament, and they'll have a good shot to win two in Las Vegas. If they get 20, the key, that magic number is 25 wins with Elijah Bryant in the lineup. BYU is going to win at least 23 games in the regular season. BYU
1: needs to keep him on the bench because there's not enough shots to go around. Look look at who's on the court with the starting lineup. That's not the place for Elijah Bryant. Eric Mika should be taking the most shots of anyone on BYU's team. That's an NBA draft pick. Okay, Nick Emery, TJ Haas, that's all the shooters you need, right? Yoli Childs is in there, LJ Rose is in there. That's perfect. You need Elijah Bryant off the bench because you need some yeah. semblance of scoring. That, that was fantastic. That was that who who else is going to score off the bench for this team right now? Stephen Bayo, when he's open, is a knockdown shooter, but that that's going to produce what? 3 to 6 points a game, okay? And Stephen Bayo is getting more minutes, which is good. And he, he's growing. Elijah Bryant needs to be the guy off the bench. He needs to be the sixth man on this team. Come in, score the basketball, replacing T.J. Haas or Nick Emory.
0: He provides some length defending on the perimeter as well.
1: Okay, here's here's the thing. His, uh, offensively, 6'5", 215. He, people can't guard him straight up. He gets to the free throw line. 24 free throws taken in, in limited action this year. 88%. He's a tough guard.
0: Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What does a healthy Elijah Bryant mean for BYU basketball? At Enter 1019 says... To me, it means a physical leader that can do it from everywhere. His defense still needs to pick up, but offensively, like I said, he's a tough guard, man. He's getting his game legs back. Coming up, kind of sad to report, it's our final match Monday, the 2016-17 season. Tune in for his national championship pick next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcasting on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Whenever you respond to the show, use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: BYU Men's Hoops' next game is against San Francisco, who was really good in the non-conference. Have struggled as they've played St. Mary's and uh, Gonzaga in league already. But big game for BYU Thursday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: Today marks a sad day for a couple of reasons. One, because there are only 60 minutes of major college football left in the season. (sighs) And that generally means this is... Winding down time for ESPN's Trevor Maddich joining us for Maddich Mondays. It's a sad day, but he's with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back to the show, man. Fight through the tears if you can. Yeah,
3: it's uh, getting to the to the big pinnacle of college football. And I'll tell you what, couldn't be shaping up as a better matchup with more storylines. I love it.
1: We'll dive into that in a second, but walk us through your weekend because you were in studio Friday. We saw you Friday night at the memorial,
3: and now you're in Tampa. Well, more than that, on Saturday morning I was doing SportsCenter, uh, or actually, uh, wraps. <laughs> I was doing a halftime of the FCS championship game. So uh, it's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but it was so great to be able to get out to uh, to Lavell Edwards' memorials on Friday. I had to I had to come back to work on Saturday, but it was just. It was such a celebration of a life well-lived, and it was, it was unbelievable to see so many hundreds of former players come back. I mean, that will, that will never happen again. They will, they will never, unless Kalani Satake coaches for 30 years like Lavelle did, it will never happen again where you've got that many BYU football players all in the same room. It was an astonishing thing.
0: What was the reunion like for you with all of your former teammates and uh, the alumni in BYU football?
3: You know, some guys we had not seen each other for years, but it's like we've never been apart. And that's one of the great things about being on a team, and I think that's that's underappreciated. It's not just a matter of going out and playing games and winning games, and that's just so great. Being on a team drives you together with your teammates, with your brothers. And so to see guys walk in the room that I haven't seen for years, I mean, Adam Hayesbird, Eddie Stinnett, Leon White came in. Leon White was the biggest hitter I've ever seen in college or pros, you know. And um, and just to see guys that that I haven't played, you know, Nick Ayer from the day he was he was a couple years older than me. But just to see guys and catch up with them, and it's like we've never been apart. I mean, it's astonishing, and I just hate it. I hate it that we haven't been able to keep uh, as together um, and as much in touch as as we could have because life just gets in the way but you know it's a it's a sad event to bring us together but it was such an, an amazing thing to be together and i will tell you this the the person i think that that shone the brightest shined the brightest was patty edwards she everybody wanted to to give her condolences everybody wanted to to just just spend a moment with her and try to show their support but for her that means hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and she was so gracious to everybody. Uh, when when I got to see her for a couple of minutes, she looked at me and said, Trevor, it's been too long. Last time I saw you was Idaho. This was a couple of years ago that, that she and Lavelle were being honored in, in Idaho, and I was there to participate. And she remembered that in the midst of everything going on and was gracious enough to, to talk about it. Patty Edwards, to me, is a bigger hero now than I've ever known her to be, and I've always known her to be a hero equal to Lavelle.
1: I enjoyed uh, the memorial a lot uh, Friday, and I know the players and family uh, for the funeral was uh, Saturday, but there were, there were some really uh, notable people who made the trip, yourself included, uh, Norm Chow, Andy Reid, and Jim McMahon, was probably the guy that was uh, had the biggest crowds around him. It, it was pretty impressive to see who all came back for this, Trevor.
3: Yeah, it really was. And the thing is, the, the they all said the same thing, that no matter what the sacrifice, they would be there. You know, there were a couple of people that just flat out could not be there, and, and that's reasonable, but the ones that I talked to just just hated it that they couldn't. And, and when you looked around the room and you saw some of those people and you knew some of the things that they were leaving, I mean, Andy Reid is coach of a playoff team, and he came. And I learned, and I didn't know this before, but I was told that Andy had spoken to Lavelle every week um, for basically his entire adult life. And, you know, these are the kinds of things that, that come together in a moment like this where you can put together the, the patchwork, the mosaic of individual tiles kind of come together into one big picture. And, and we all knew and we all know what a great influence Lavelle has had on all of our lives. But when you put together individual details like that and then you see people sacrifice what what they sacrifice to be there to pay respects it's just once again this is something that will probably never happen again and what a what a fitting tribute to a life well lived
0: an unforgettable experience for sure ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation you talked about the new head coach Kalani Sitake he's through one season he's going to be part of the ESPN News mega cast one of uh, a handful of coaches that will be breaking down the national championship and have a moderator and and whatnot. What kind of experience uh, will this be for Kalani Satake, Trevor?
3: I think it will be a great experience for Coach Satake, and I think it will be great for the nation to see him in that context as as the equal of the other coaches that he'll be in that room with. The thing about Coach Satake is that the more you get to know him, the more you see that he is at the same time uh, uh, you know, simple from a standpoint of easy to figure out. And it, and on the other side, he's complex. He's, he's, you know, he's I don't want to use the word simple. It's not the right word. But the thing is, he is at his core much like Lavelle in that he loves people. And part of the reason that I think he is so revered in the football community is that he didn't just, as he was coming up as an assistant coach, go to coaching camps and shake hands and, and pay lip service to, to being a part of the community. He invested in young coaches. He invested in young players, much like Lavelle has. And so what you see in, in Kalani Sataki from a standpoint of his heart and his humanity, there's a lot in common with Lavelle Edwards. But the other thing you see is that he is also astonishingly competitive. I mean he reverts back to his days as a as a player when he's on the field from a standpoint of competitiveness and that fire burns bright and those two things I think are things that, that you know that you would see in Lavelle, Things that drew people to Lavelle. Rather than Lavelle telling people how they would be, you wanted to, to perform. You wanted to be better because it was important to you to earn Lavell's respect. And Kalani Sataki is the same kind of man in his heart. And I think that uh, being on TV now, in this broadcast on ESPN, will give the nation a chance to see some of that.
1: Let's transition to the national championship game tonight. Clemson versus Alabama. We asked you a week ago, but here we are on game day. Who do you have winning the game tonight, Trevor?
3: I've got Clemson in this game, and the reason is I think both defenses will make a lot of plays. I think both offenses will struggle at times, and they'll rip off some plays at times. But when it comes down to it, the quarterback position, you have to ask yourself, who do you trust more to make the big play and to avoid the big mistake? The freshman, true freshman, Jalen Hurts of Alabama or Deshaun Watson of Clemson. And and the way I put it is, is like this. I play guitar. John Jorgensen is a guitar player. Jalen Hurts plays quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback to every fiber of his being. Now, Jalen Hurts, I think, will get there, but he's not there yet. He's only a true freshman. and I think when it comes down to doing the things that quarterbacks do to make the plays that have to be made, I trust Watson to do it more than I trust Hurts at this stage in his career, and that, to me, is the edge in a Clemson victory.
0: So essentially what you're saying is, Deshaun Watson is Slash, and Jalen Hurts is you when it comes to playing the guitar.
3: Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> slash, uh, yeah, that that that's actually that's fair. You know, <laughs> you can go to you can go to Jimmy Page. You can go to a bunch of folks. <laughs> Neil Bettencourt. Eddie Van Halen, we can make a list. Uh, But you're right about that. Uh, Although Slash does have better hair than either one of us.
0: Yeah, exactly. You said you needed to watch the film to make a definitive answer when you initially gave us Clemson last week. What did you see on film that made you feel like, yep, Clemson's going to do it other than the quarterback, Trevor?
3: You know, I saw the interior offensive line of Alabama really struggle against Washington's defensive front. And Washington has NFL players on that defensive front. But They struggle still, and Alabama will face a defensive front and defensive interior tackles especially that Clemson will put out there that are even better and more explosive and more disruptive than Washington had. So I expect Clemson to own the line of scrimmage when it comes to the inside, guard, center, guard, when Clemson is on defense. That means that if Clemson can set the edge on the outside, so that that the running game can't spill out into open space on the perimeter. And they can do that. They have the players to do it. Alabama's going to have all kinds of trouble moving the ball. And to me, that is a huge matchup that really shows up on film.
1: If Alabama wins, is it good for the sport? Because if Alabama dominates too much, it almost feels like it's turning into women's basketball where it's predictably UConn every year. It's predictably Alabama. What do you think?
3: I think it's great because the thing is, it will be Nick Saban's sixth national championship, which will bring him into Bear Bryant's status. And I think that that's good for college football. Now, if he wins another 20, then okay, well, yeah. But the thing is, this year, if, if Saban does not win this, things get a lot more difficult going forward. His offense this year was pretty good, not great. Well, they're losing some key components off of that offense next year. Defensively, they're phenomenal. But the, some of the guys that are the best defensive players in the country right now for Alabama were top backups last year. And you could tell that these guys, as you watched them last year, would be great starters this year. Well, some of those guys are going off to the NFL. Jonathan Allen, Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, people like that, Reuben Foster. So the question is, who, will be, who are the backups that will step into that role next year? Well, a lot of those guys haven't really distinguished themselves this year. This Alabama defense isn't as deep as it was last year. And so the question is, will they be as dominant next year on defense as they've been this year and in recent years? And I think no, and partly because the SEC will also provide better competition. More teams will be better in the SEC next year than they were this year. So when you talk about if it's bad for college football, if Alabama wins this, I think no, it would be good for college football. But if they don't win it, there, there's no easy path for Saban to get back to the place where he can win that sixth national championship. The, the path is there, but it's a lot more complicated than it would be this year just finishing it out against Clemson.
0: ESPN's Trevor Maddich joining us from Tampa. He'll watch the national championship tonight. You can listen to him on ESPN Radio, the pregame show, the halftime show, and the postgame show. Finally, Trevor, I just want to know, when are you playing at the Bluebird in Nashville as a guitar player?
3: Well, I've already done it, by the way. Have you uh, really? I, I have played the Bluebird. Yes, uh, Monday night at the Bluebird. Uh, I think it still is. It certainly it's up until recently was open mic night for songwriters. So you don't need to be a good musician. You just have to have written a song. And the only talent that you need is to be able to write your name on a piece of paper <laughs> and throw it into a basket. They pull your name you out and you open. You sing your song. Yeah, and so I went to the Bluebird uh, a few years ago. And I threw my name in the basket, and lo and behold, they called my name. And uh, I was petrified when I first got there. And then I started hearing some of the other songs that people had written, and I'm thinking, you know... I'm going to be fine compared to some of this stuff, you know. Because again, there's no audition for this. You just, you know, you just go up there and do it. So, so I was scared to death, and I asked them if I could wear my helmet, and they said no. But but I have I have played guitar and sang an original song that I wrote at the Bluebird Cafe. I have yet to be discovered for that, but I'm sure that it's just caught in the in the bureaucracy.
0: Oh man, awesome! We've got to find video of this somewhere, something out there. Trevor, thanks so much for the time. Always a pleasure.
3: All right, thanks, y'all.
0: Trevor Mattis of ESPN, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Fantastic stuff. And who knew the guy played at the Bluebird in Nashville? That's pretty
1: cool. That shocked me. I thought Trevor was cool. Now I know he actually is cool.
0: And he's decent at at the guitar, right?
1: I think we need to hear him before we make that assessment, right?
0: Well... Yeah, media day perhaps. We might need be, him. Uh, the we need him to play. To do that.
1: We need him to become the Rick Neuheisel of BYU Sports Nation, who would call in the Dan Patrick Show and have songs about college football <laughs> topics. <laughs> Trevor Maddich <laughs> plays the guitar over the phone on BYU Sports Nation about BYU football. Who's not going to watch that?
0: Yeah, fantastic stuff. Speaking of songs, and,
1: disagree uh, on the boring Yukon thing, but okay.
0: Oh, you so you think it's boring that Alabama yeah. keeps winning?
1: Yes. Predictable. Oh, uh, Alabama in it again.
0: A dynasty in college football does make it's it pretty, interesting. It's pretty crazy. It makes it compelling, It's not right? to the
1: level that UConn is. I know. I'm just afraid that it's getting that direction. Nick Saban won't be there for five more years in Alabama. He'll retire before then.
0: As I was saying, speaking of songs and former BYU players, if you haven't heard, the, it was produced by The Herd, Colin Cowherd's crew, the Browns quarterbacks. It's The song starts with Ty Detmer, okay? It starts with Ty Detmer and lists all of the Browns quarterbacks over the last decade.
1: Yeah. Really The Browns are a dumpster fire! Yeah, it was fantastic.
0: (laughs) So good. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we relive Lavelle Edwards Memorial Service. How did Robbie Bosco view the relationship between Coach Edwards and his wife Patty? Powerful stuff next. Welcome back on a happy Monday, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, hanging out in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV.
1: If you miss uh, BYU Sports Nation or a bunch of the different shows on BYU TV, they're on demand, video on demand on the BYUtv app, BYUtv.org. You can check it out. And, of course, the many devices that those apps have, uh, Apple TV, Roku, Xbox 360,
0: Xbox One, and so on. We really should come up with a specific count, right? And the 17 other devices yeah. that you can listen on, or formats.
1: I, I don't feel like counting all of them. I know. I so think that's many. why we haven't. So many. But but suffice it to say, you can catch BYU TV. And, and by the way, BYU Radio as well. The BYU Radio app has every single BYU Sports Nation ever on it. Did you know that? Crazy, right? So cool. You can go back and listen to the first one. How bad were we at the beginning? Go listen to it and... See for
0: yourself. Yeah. Listen for yourself. By the way, I found out over it wasn't the weekend. That I found out over the weekend that BYU Sports Nation is listed on IMDB. I didn't
1: We've notice. discussed this before.
0: I, I never discussed it. Was I gone that day?
1: No. You you weren't there yet when we discussed it. Because I said, "Hey, one of my bucket list items is to be on IMDB." Which is it really that hard? Yes and no, right? But yeah, BYU Sports
0: Nation is on there. It ben, was brought up to me by a friend, hey, and I was like, "No, we're not." And he's like, "No, you you are."
1: Ben Bagley is listed as a director, though he's not the director; he's the producer. So it's been up. Oh, it's no, been he's, updated. He's the
0: produ- Yesterday, it said the producer wow. is Ben Bagley.
1: Wow, this is news to me. Wow, <laughs> roll the breaking news sound. You need geez. five
0: ratings to get like an official star rating on IMDb. Do we have five there ratings? Aren't five ratings.
1: Yet. <laughs> <laughs> unrated. Yeah, BYU Sports Nation is un- unrated. <laughs>
0: So if you feel like yeah, going right and leading a rating, <laughs> you can do so. Let's refresh We today's. could be two of those people, hello. That's true. We could. Maybe, That's pretty maybe desperate,
1: though. <laughs> Let's not be those guys. We are those guys.
0: Oh, IMDB. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Funeral services for the iconic BYU football coach, Lavelle Edwards, were held on Saturday. The private service took place uh, for family and friends. A public memorial... Happened on Friday. Really cool stuff. We'll share some of our favorite moments and quotes from that service in just a moment.
1: Men's basketball beat Pacific 91-62 Saturday night, led by 17 points from Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant. T.J. Haas scored 15 points and pulled down seven rebounds. Five Cougars scored in double figures for the first time this season as BYU beat the Damon Stodemeyer led Pacific Tigers. My friend, a big Portland Trailblazers fan, he waited after and got a picture with Damon.
0: Yeah, it was fun yeah. to uh interview Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse, bro. I'm not taller. <laughs> I'm not taller than uh many former or current NBA players. I- I'm taller than Damon yeah. Stademeyer. He's a little quicker than you are, but yeah. <laughs> still. Still
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right handed too. It was cross
0: cross me up in a hurry. Jimmy Fredette scored thirty-two points fittingly in the Chinese Basketball Association All-Star Game. He also won the three-point shooting. Contest, the loneliness
1: master. And third, yeah, that's a terrible nickname. Third ranked men's volleyball split a pair of road matches in Indiana over the weekend. The Cougars beat sixth ranked Lewis in three, then lost in four at 11th ranked Loyola, Chicago. Ben Patch led the way with 42 kills in seven sets. He's got uh, like white hair now. That's fun.
0: Time now that we relive the memorial for Lavelle Edwards to a degree from Friday night. As we mentioned at the top of the show, it was inspirational. It was uplifting, it was encouraging, sad for sure at moments, but I think everybody left feeling happy. You know, it's it was a true celebration of the coach and his life and it was amazing. You know, I, I said on the show a number of times, like I listening to what he accomplished I feel insignificant because of what he accomplished, but not in a bad way. Like, I, yeah, I we, want to we be better. Are compared to that, yeah. I want to be better. He's, he motivates me to be better. Both of the Edwards' sons, uh, Jim and John, spoke at the memorial service and offered unique insights on Lavelle's life on and off the football field. We'll start with John.
2: You know, John, football is controlled chaos, he said, sometimes it just feels like it's all going to cave in on you. In fact, this weekend, I had to step between my offensive and defensive coordinators because my defensive coordinator was mad at my offensive coordinator for scoring so quickly. So the defense didn't have any time to rest. It's actually a pretty good problem. He said, I had to intervene to keep them from going to fisticuffs almost. He said, but sometimes when that pressure comes so greatly, I take a step back, I look up in the sky, and three thoughts come to me. Number one the sun is going to come out tomorrow. Number two, the gospel is true. And number three, I'm going to have my family with me forever. He said, once I think those three things, I can step back into the fray with the clarity that allows me to do my job better. How's
0: that for some perspective on
2: life?
1: Oh, yeah. And and Lavelle Edwards had that uh, during his uh, tenure as head coach. And maybe that's one of the big differences with him is, because he didn't uh, involve himself in the X's and O's as much and trusted his assistants to do that, he had the time to have meaningful relationships, right? And the most meaningful one was with his family.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was pointed out that part of Lavelle's religious service, he was a bishop for uh, a local ward in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he said, there I delegated a lot of my responsibilities to my leaders so that I could focus on relationships and they were successful in doing so, so why not take that to my profession as a football coach? Yeah, and
1: that, that works in, yeah, sometimes you got to meddle with the details, right? But sometimes you can delegate and do that. And so he, he picked his spots, and that applied to football. And BYU had some tremendous teams led by
0: Lavelle Edwards upon those principles. In the middle of it all was his wife, Patty, who he was married to for 65 years. Mm. And we've heard from a number of his former teammates, or not team, teammates rather, but players and colleagues and coaches about that relationship he had with Patty, including Robbie Bosco talking about his perspective on that relationship and why it impressed
2: him. And the one thing that inspired me more than anything
4: is the way he treated his wife, Patty.
2: I love Patty. He was one with Patty Edwards. There weren't a whole lot of conversations that I ever heard that didn't start out with Patty and Lavelle. Robbie
0: Bosco, again, yeah, powerful stuff. And I already complimented him for having to step into that role as the former player, representing all of the former players for Lavelle Edwards. And, man, man. Yeah, powerful words from the National Championship winning quarterback on that relationship between Patty and Lavelle. He talked about he, being hurt after that first game against Pittsburgh. And he in had, 1984. He had a, a lump in his back, and he had to lay down on the plane in the aisle. Okay, that would never happen now.
1: <laughs> yeah, things to get away with in the 80s.
0: But Patty looked at Lavelle and said, move, he needs more room. And so he was like, Robbie said, I was laying on the ground looking up, <laughs> and Lavelle didn't complain or yeah. say anything. He just got up and, and moved so that Robbie could be comfortable and have some room, and that's who Lavelle was. Yeah, absolutely. Really cool. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles was also in attendance on Friday night and uh, was one of the presidents of the university for a good chunk of the time that uh, Lavelle Edwards Lavelle was Lavelle outlasted coach. the
1: presidents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: how, how about that? they be in for a few
1: years and a few years and a few years. Oh, several. Yeah, like four, I think, Dallin right? Echokes, Rex E. Lee, among the others. Jeffrey R. Holland,
0: um, yeah. There were probably one or two more. Others. Man, how about that? Here's what Elder Holland had to say on Lavelle's impact on the university he served for essentially three decades.
4: There's probably no way really to measure such things. But as this week has unfolded, I've watched and read and listened to uh, the outpouring of affection and the breadth of response that is still coming in uh, regarding Lavelle's passing. And I think it is without precedent. Certainly it's without precedent, I think, in BYU's history. It may well be without precedent in the larger community, the immediate community. I think, maybe, that only the university's namesake, good old Brother Brigham himself, he may be the only better known link in the nation to this university than is the name of Lavelle Edwards. Yeah, I
1: I had a similar idea on Friday. I said that I thought Lavelle Edwards had done the most of anyone for the brand of BYU, which is kind of a different take, but... It was very cool to hear from uh, Elder Holland. And we played a lot of sound bites on this show. It's always cool when you can play one from an apostle. Maybe we should do that more often. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> can we get him commenting on the uh, BYU
0: uh, Pacific game next time, too? Uh, on the season. <laughs> yeah, it was mentioned that uh, LaVell loved Johnny Cash and Willie, Willie Nelson. Nelson. And they had a music
1: video featuring those, which was pretty awesome. And Elder Holland said, hey, I hope to
0: have that at my uh, funeral <laughs> one day.
1: <laughs> that was pretty awesome.
0: It was just, it was a fantastic night. It was, in my opinion, it was about as close to perfect as it, as it could be in terms of an honor publicly for, for the coach. I felt so uplifted when I walked out of that building with Trevor Maddich. And it just, yeah, I really enjoyed that time on Friday night.
1: Yeah, and it, it was a celebration uh, of Lavelle's life and quite the reunion. Like Trevor Maddich said, there won't be another reunion like that ever again. And one day, some of the BY greats will pass away. There will not be the same reaction and the same gotta-be-there kind of flow that, that happened Friday night.
0: Up next a freshman all-American for this year's BYU football team plus a rarity in our going for two results. Payday all around BYU Sports nation. BYU Sports nation presented by the BYU store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B or should I say Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton in that order. From Studio B, because that's how it's listed on IMDb. The real star, ladies it's, and gentlemen, it says stars: Jeremy Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What show are they
0: watching?
1: <laughs> still looking
0: for an official rating, though. <laughs> Ours. Wow.
1: Got to do something with that. Oh. Hey, funny. speaking of the real stars, the BYU athletes uh, will be uh, playing men's basketball. They're going to play basketball as Dr. James Naismith intended it. Thursday night against San Francisco on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. There are some real stars on that one. Dave McCann. Is Blaine Fowler on that one? Is he going to be back?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because Coach Cleveland And Spencer was, Linton uh, was... on the sidelines. Well, again, we're getting pretty liberal with the use of star, right? Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. I'm... <laughs> yeah.
0: Our Twitter question we're, we're not We're not
1: planets or the sun. We're just stars. Does that make sense?
0: Our Twitter question today... Dealing with BYU basketball, what does a healthy Elijah Bryant mean for BYU basketball? Eli had 17 points tied for a BYU high with Eric Mika and Saturday's 29-point win for BYU against Pacific. He could become a star. At Greg Rosenhan tweets in, more talent on the court, which will be great when we play as a team, and bad when we just take bad shots. I
1: think shot selection is very important. And Elijah Bryant told you after the game that he felt like he let the game come to him a little more and he didn't force the issue. He was five of seven from the field. The dude scored 17 points on seven shots. That's pretty good. Because he he got three strikes as well. He's an 88% free throw shooter.
0: It was a good night for BYU all around and a great night for Jeremy and myself with our going for two picks.
2: Can you predict the future? Yes. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Always nice when the
0: tandem goes four for four are going for two. Results brought to you by BYU Dining Services. I am now 24 and 26 overall. Jerem 23 and 27. How did we get there? I said number one, BYU will win by 10-plus points. Swish! They won by 29. A complete game, and healthy Elijah Bryant helps out a lot with that. 10-plus against Pacific.
1: Yeah, that was a softball.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Why don't you go over yours, okay? From the game before. You need to go over Saint, your second one. St. Mary's.
1: We have graphics and stuff. You need to go over your <laughs> second one.
0: Don't rush me. I'll get there when I want you to. You were rushing me. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here. TJ Haas will shoot 40% or better and score 15-plus points.
1: Swish! He oh. shot exactly 40% oh. and scored 15! Wow. There should we, Yeah, we should have, like, bonus points. If you nail it exactly. Like, if you go super, like, BYU will score 90-plus and they score exactly 90. Like, oh, TJ will score 15-plus if he scores exactly 15. Or, or we say, okay, I, Eric Mika will have this range of points, but it's really small. The other has to be like, okay, that's a, that, that would be a bonus point. Okay. If you got that one or something.
0: We, we should what, think about that. What this. if it's like the possession arrow or something like that, right? Okay, like if you end in a tie, if it's a jump ball, like if we ended in a tie at the end of the season, <laughs> then we go... To those, I just want to actually jump it. We I don't want a to go to those bonus area. points.
1: Oh, at the end of the year? At the end of the year to decide who? Yeah, who's yeah the, what's going to be the tie? Well, the winner. We're not going to end in a tie. We won't.
0: Well, that's why you need a tiebreaker. But you we're don't not. know, RPI. know
1: that. RPI. RPI. That's oh. what he is. Okay, <laughs> yeah, my two. BYU will score ninety plus.
0: BYU scored ninety one. You were stressing out there pretty late, weren't you? No, nah, I they didn't. S- they slowed down a little I bit. Did.
1: I didn't really care. I wasn't stressed. BYU will have four players in double figures. You BYU had five. Thank you, crazy play-by-play man, for that. Oh, that's yeah, they had five for the first time all year. So we both got uh, buckets. Essentially, we both got both. We both got both. We both had got for the <laughs> to make to do Fazer, Both. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still one behind you. Yeah,
4: so, that's the score that really so, matters. So tonight.
1: when the Riceronis come into town Thursday night, I'm I'm. I'm out for blood, man. You're I'm going out for, for the lead,
0: which means go. it's going to be super soft. BYU will win by one.
1: BYU will win the by game by at least one. BYU will <laughs> win the game by double-digit points. <laughs> by by multiple points. <laughs> Eric Mika will dunk the basketball. We should get really obscure one day. Elijah L. J. Rose will have a four-point
0: play. Elijah Bryant will score eight points from the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> eight plus from the strike. <laughs> <laughs> Braden Shaw will have at least three fouls. We, we have to get creative because there are so many basketball I know, games. I know, it's, you, Hey, when,
1: when you're listening on IMDb, you've got to come up with good content.
0: <laughs> you have to come up. It's,
1: it's not like anyone can just make stuff. a TV show and then get on IMDb. Oh, wait.
0: What does a healthy Elijah Bryant mean for BYU basketball? At J underscore Royal 09 says more points off of the bench. Something We've really needed all year.
1: Yeah, you need more than one guy, too, by the way. There's just Elijah Bryant right now.
0: He brought 17 points off the bench on Saturday. He's Friday. not going to average 17. Though. I'm not saying that's the case. That's pretty good, though, right? Up decks. the Cougar Whip Around, including a freshman All American. PYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it, Superstar. It's time
1: for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Brigham's beat the University of the Pacific 91-62 Saturday night, led by 17 points from Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant. T.J. Haas scored 15 points, pulled down seven rebounds. Five Cougars scored in double figures
0: for the first time this season. Women's basketball. The women won big. 68-55 at Pacific, led by Cassie Broadhead's 20 points per eighth straight. 20-point game. Boom. Kalani Purcell had 16 points and 13 rebounds. Ho-hum. And Mackenzie for joined the 1,000-point scoring club. Congratulations. Shimmer! Bernad scored 32 points in the
1: Chinese Basketball Association All-Star Game. He also won the three-point shooting contest.
0: Football. Funeral services for the legendary BYU football coach Lavelle Edwards were held on Saturday with a private service for family and friends. The public memorial, as we just talked about, was held on Friday.
1: Kalani Saki will be a part of the ESPN megacast in the coaches' film room on ESPN News tonight during the National Championship broadcast.
0: Cougar offensive lineman Thomas Schoaf has been named a freshman All-American by the Football Riders Association of America, the FWAA, putting Schof on as the only lineman to make the team from a non-Power 5 school. And we should mention Steve Sarkisian
1: is the offensive coordinator for Alabama tonight in the game, the former Cougar quarterback. Good luck to him. Volleyball. Third-ranked Cougars split a pair of road matches in Indiana over the weekend. The Cougars beat sixth-ranked Lewis in three, then lost in four at 11th-ranked Loyola Chicago. Ben Patch led the way, 42 kills in seven He's sets. also leading the way with his hair. <laughs>
0: Cougars in the association. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. Kyle <laughs> Collins with that 16 points, 17 rebounds, five assists, and six steals for the Texas Legends on Friday. Wow. He had 5.6 rebounds and five assists on Saturday. Yeah, filling up the stat
2: sheet gymnastics
1: cougars open the season by taking second in a 14 meet at number 23 penn state on saturday
2: cougars in the nfl
0: ziggy ansa had nine tackles and two sacks for the lions in a loss to jerem jordan seahawks yeah baby in the nfl wild card playoff game 26 to 6 Swimming and diving.
1: The intellectuals from Harvard beat the BYU men 120 to 70 Friday. (laughs) So smart in the pool as well, Spencer. We'll give them swimming.
0: (laughs) Today's Rise and Shine by Dexter. Dexter, help when you need it most. Dexterlaw.com.
1: Who deserves it? A man who always has an empty seat for him at Brigham. Elijah Bryant. (laughs) 17 points. We talked about it in the opening segment, the impact
0: he could have on this season for BYU. At STL BYU says, Elijah Bryant provides depth and possibly big enough leads that if BYU is up by a lot in the second half, then more guys can get some playing time. That's the goal. Our Elite Tweet of the Day from at PF 22 More on-court vocal leadership. I was really impressed with that and his overall body language the past two games. There you go.
1: Thanks to Trevor Manich and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues on Twitter 24-7.
0: Show on demand, BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Steve Lackey and the folks at IMDb. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Go Cougars!